Hey fellow truth seekers, I'm Justin. And I'm Brandy. And together we'll be your guides on this spine-tingling journey through the unknown. We dive headfirst into the eerie realms of cryptids, from Bigfoot to Loch Ness Monster. And hold on tight, because we'll explore spine-chilling encounters with extraterrestrial beings and UFO sightings that will leave you questioning what's really out there. Beyond the Shadows is not your average paranormal podcast. Our goal is simple, to shed light on the shadows that haunt our world and confront the unexplained with an open mind. And for the skeptics, don't worry, we have something for you too. Our conspiracy theories will challenge your beliefs and make you question everything. So, if you're fascinated by the paranormal, yearn for chilling true crime stories, or crave the adrenaline rush of uncovering conspiracies, join us on this hair-raising adventure as we journey beyond the shadows. Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cryptic Cocktail Party, a show where we have a few drinks, share a few laughs, take a dive into the unknown. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm joined once again by the beautifully bearded, glass glasses faced <laughs> Luke Fair. Just What's call me Four on? Eyes, bitch. I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> well, I was trying to. They don't need to know that I'm be spectacled. I was trying to do like an alliteration, and then I lost it as soon as it came yeah. out of my mouth. It was immediately. <laughs> I had no idea where you. Were. I didn't even know you were trying to do alliteration. That do, it, well, clearly I lost it. Uh, what's going on, bud? Same shit as last time. Yeah, Just got know. out of work, kind of toasty. You looking good? I, I I I know you. We were a little late recording today because you had to uh, attempt to beat your high score at pinball. What game were you playing? Uh, that was on Medieval Madness. Oh, classic Williams game. Obviously, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're a fool if you don't know what what is it? Medieval Mad? What even Medieval Madness is? Medieval Mad. Yeah. Honestly, if you're into pinball, like that's like the Metallica. It's like have you ever heard of Metallica? And like you're wearing like a metal band shirt, you get to punch that man. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Like, of course, I fucking played Medieval Madness, asshole. Like that's like a basic bitch game. Yeah. Name four <laughs> obstacles. Uh. <laughs> uh, joust, uh, peasant revolt. The King of Pain and Catapult. So I did not think did this. Is good. <laughs> I was just trying to make a riff off the gatekeeping thing, but no. All right, I was no, no, no I got it. Oh, well, I'm just glad you're doing good, dude. I ate a bunch of Chinese food for lunch before we started recording, and now I'm like out of breath. I don't know if that's like <laughs> like a diabetes thing. Are you or... allergic to soy sauce? <laughs> no, I'm not like out of breath. Like I can't. Like my throat's closing. It's like I'm just winded because I ate so much food. If oh, that... I get that. Yeah. Yeah, during the summer, I have no motivation to eat. So I was called charcuterie summer. And I just always have a charcuterie board going through. Uh, cheese can take your breath away. Or like, I will let you know. What do you mean? Like, it takes your breath away in the same way that, like, I don't know, seeing a sunset takes your breath away. No, it's different. Uh, I lie. <laughs> I lie on my couch with my shirt off just going for, like, a while. Uh, that's fair. All right. Well, Luke. I teased you earlier about what our episode is going to be. Now, for, the, hard. For, the, for those of you listening, today's episode is not a, it's not a cryptid, it's not a monster, it's not an alien, it's not a ghost, it's not interdimensional, it is a theory. And Luke, it's ultranauts. No. Am I correct? You're not, no. <laughs> no, Luke, today we're going to delve into the world of 
completely insane. Uh, it's a theory that people just decided, hey, centuries of science be gone. I'm going to believe in what I want to believe in. Do you know what it is now? Flat Earth? No, close. We're going to talk about Admiral Bird and the Hollow Earth Theory. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're so close. All right. You ready to dive into this, man? Oh, 100%. Okay. So much like Flat Earth, the Hollow Earth Theory isn't a new concept. Ancient cultures and mythologies around the world have some sort of variant of it in their belief system. Uh, The Greeks and the Romans had Hades. The Christians have hell. Uh, Tibetan Buddhists had a belief that there's an ancient city located inside the earth that is called Shambhala. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm just going to go phonetically with it because Shambhala sounds like a vibe, to be honest. If it, someone was like, I'm vacationing in Shambhala, I'd be like, dude, fuck yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's that's like an, <laughs> like an Instagram influencer is like, bitches, we in Shambhala. Look at this yacht. Oh. Yeah, Ibiza first and then Shambhala for the last couple of days. You know? <laughs> I made sure to order my my white linens when we go to Shambhala because it gets it's warm there, it's breezy. Uh, so uh, during the Middle Ages, both the Germans and the Russians had stories of portals that led to uh, the center of the Earth. Uh, even the Native Americans uh, believed the Earth was hollow and was accessible through tunnels and caves across America, whose locations would depend on which tribes' beliefs you, beliefs that were being referenced at the time. So, like I said, it's nothing new. Uh, and it's completely understandable that ancient cultures would have believed the earth was hollow because science hadn't been able to prove it otherwise or, you know, like really e- exist much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but uh, knowing what we know now with a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips and centuries of science and data to back it up, just like flat earth theories, there has been like a resurgence in belief for some reason of the hollow earth theory. Now, I assume it's either because of like social media, like tiktok or pop culture like the recent godzilla king kong like the monster verse like make really big references to it as well as the aquaman movies which i've never seen because fuck dc movies uh oh well i mean depends the the batman was sick the batman was sick the new suicide Uh, squad the new suicide squad was good no so how how me how am I saying the the DC movies are bad? Oh when no, you're I, saying, I, when I, you're saying that the ones I agree are, with you, but you're trying to get people to listen. You just made a bunch of nerds mad. That's fine. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, so, uh, but honestly, Marvel sucks too. It's all just kind of they're all the same movie at this point now. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> so Luke, what what happened? What happened to make people? decide to just negate years and centuries of science and be like, nah, this is, this can't be right. What, what, what happened here? So here's exactly what happened. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it out for me. Yep. Uh, so right when personal computers started gaining access to the internet, yeah. the first people to get that were nerds and they did for fun. They had message boards and there were two sides. You get assigned a side. It's like a nerdy debate club that mostly the flat earth one was bigger, but yep. there was also hollow earth. And that and this one is two sided with hollow earth. Uh, and it also comes down to hollow moon. Uh, hollow moon was almost the topic of this episode. I could have taught this episode if it was on hollow moon, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> boomers essentially. Mm. Cause then after these message boards were fully established, yes. Boomers ended up finding them. And they didn't get the joke. 
True. They did not know that they were supposed to like they're using like these bullshit like things to keep a debate going. Yeah. Well, it was it was and like message boards back then, like especially like the flat earth stuff is that like it was nerds. They didn't really believe in what they were talking about. But what you were right. They chose a side and it was it wasn't trolling. It was lighthearted ribbing like I believe everyone knew that everyone was in on the joke. Yes. And then a bunch of dum-dums found those and were like, oh, man, these flat earthers are making like a lot of sense. <laughs> and same thing with Hollow Earth, which, uh, spoiler for the rest of the episode, they, they were not making sense. Uh, they were just smarter than you talking about something and you got tricked. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is. Exactly. Uh, so that was one part of it. And then it also comes down to Hollow Moon where technically, if you look at the math, our moon shouldn't be. No, we're not going to do that now. We're not going to do that. Oh, come on. Let's make this a three-hour episode. Come on. No. <laughs> just wait, Luke. All right? Well, you are partially right on, on where the modern concept of Hollow Moon came from. It actually started in the 1600s, if you want to call that modern. It's not ancient. It's closer to where we are now than fucking. It's cell phones, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> well, uh, with, it, with a book called The Mundus Subterraneus, which was a straight-up textbook written by Athanasius Kircher. Uh, which made the claim that the North and South Poles were connected by like a big old tunnel that fed water through to either side. I think maybe I couldn't find an English version of the book. So I just went off of what Wikipedia had to say on it. And even then it was very minimal because I think that's basically the gist of it is that in the middle of the world, this is hollow. It's a giant tube connecting the North and South Pole. And that's how the water circulates around the earth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then in 1692 a dude named edmund haley uh trying to understand why the earth's magnetic field was acting all like cattywampus uh concluded that the earth must be hollow sort of it wasn't so much like a hollow ball but consisted of three uh like three shells the outer shell the one that we're on and it's only 500 miles thick two inner concentric shells and then a core now these three shells had their own kind of right had their own magnetic poles and rotated at different speeds, which explained why the Earth's magnetic field would shift. Which I mean, he is kind of right about like it does shift because the mag like the core moves around, uh, but not so much in the fact that there's just a bunch of different rings. It kind of reminds me of like the Time Turner from Harry Potter is what he's picturing. I was in thinking his head. the opening of uh, Game of Thrones or the opening of Game of Yeah, that's ex- exactly <laughs> it. That is exactly it. Uh, one guy in 1780 proposed that caves near the Mississippi River was an entrance to Hollow Earth, and then I'll it, buy into that just because of Hellier. And then <laughs> in, in 1818, a guy named John Cleve Sims Jr. came up with the idea that the Earth was made up of a single 810 mile thick shell with openings at the poles that were 1400 1400 miles wide, and then inside there were four more inner shells with their own openings at the pole. I don't know, man. This all just sounds like, <laughs> just all sounds like like grifter, Alex Jones theory, like bullshit. Oh man, dude, Sim's got a statue erected of him in Ohio for just like making shit up. <laughs> but you get the idea that Hollow Earth is stupid and boring, but it's also been around nope. forever. Yeah. So do you want to get to like a good story about it? Yeah. I- no, Dave. No, actually, let's skip that one. <laughs> well, this is going to be the rest of the episode, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Where, where are we at right now on Hollow Earth? You, are we are we bored yet? 
Uh, there's so no, much. There's so much more other shit. Like I'm putting this. my Alex Jones hat on. Uh, I'm very mad at the picture of a woman I have near my computer. Uh, but <laughs> no one's been there. So no one's been where? In center of the earth. Yeah, because it's that's the that's the hat that I'm wearing right now. Okay, just let it go. Because it's full <laughs> of lava. I guess magma. Lava is when it's on magma. The- yeah. Nah. <laughs> you were so ready to fucking correct me, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right um sorry i'm just trying to decide what beer i'm gonna drink next i got a rael uh ipa called green weenie or oh no. it's that one uh, nope i'm choosing for you green weenie you're going to the ipa green weenie yeah, right. unless the next episode no you already did the hopkin hopkin diddle goblins yeah did you have a stroke a little bit <laughs> all right this so- is not my first drink so the uh <laughs> the story that made the hollower theory really jump back into the mainstream and give it a push on to smooth brain conspiracy theorists was when in 1997, the flight journal and quote unquote secret diary of Admiral Richard B. Byrd detailing his February 19th, 1947 flyover of the North pole got published his quote unquote secret diary. I'm putting this in quotes because, okay, wait, first up, I think every diary should be a secret diary <laughs> unless it's on live journal. <laughs> That's, that is true. Uh, the, the thing I got is that his apparently after he died, his son released his journal and then some college published it. Something. I don't know. All I know is that dick move. I'm going to go right there. It's a dick move. Yeah. For your own son to, to just put your shit out on the streets like that. Dude, you ever read the diary of Anne Frank? Mm-hmm. They should have they should have cut a lot of, a lot of that out. What parts, like I Luke? get the historical importance, what, but like what parts, Luke? I know the parts you're thinking oh, when, of. Oh, like parts. The twelve year old girl was finding out about genitals. Yeah, that is fair. <laughs> yeah, could have cut that one out. Okay, All like right. I came to the same realization at a certain age as well, but we didn't blast it into common practice reading for schools. What a human! It, I mean, it was it was already a very humanizing diary, but I mean, I guess it kind of humanized. It was, but. You could have left that. Out. Right, fair enough. All right, but anyways, let's get I back. I didn't to- want to read about a twelve-year-old girl talking about penises. I didn't. <laughs> Luke, let's get back to Admiral Byrd and his secret you diary. Sure? I, I like where we're going. <laughs> his secret diary starts out like this: "Quote, I must write this diary in secret and obscurity. It concerns my Arctic flight of the nineteenth day, February, in the year of nineteen and nineteen forty-seven." There comes a time when the rationality of men must fade into insignificance and one must accept the inevitability of truth. I am not at liberty to discuss the following documentation at the time of this writing. Perhaps it shall never see the light of public scrutiny, but I must do my duty and record here for all to read one day. (laughs) (laughs) Little did he know that his shit fuck of a son was like, yo, he didn't want anyone to see this. Hey, I got this thing. <laughs> now, now from here he details his flight. At 6 a.m., Bird takes off from the Arctic base camp. Around 7:30, he radios back to camp to check in. All is normal. Besides a few run-ins with some turbulence, everything is smooth sailing. That is, until a little after three hours into the flight, he notices some discoloration in the snow with some. It's yellow with some reds and purples mixed in. They seem to go in a linear pattern. Now, he circles the area a few times to get a better look when both of his onboard compasses start spinning and wobbling, and he's unable to keep them steady. So they're just going apeshit. They're just fucking twirling all around. 
And oh, wait, he's near the pole, right? He's flying over the North Pole. That's what happens. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he also notes that his controls feel slow and sluggish, as if something is slowly moving his plane for him. Now, only five minutes later, at 9.15, he sees a mountain range in the distance that he has never noticed before and heads for them. When his aircraft finally gets to this mysterious mountain range 45 minutes later, he sees a lush green valley with a running river flowing through it. The mountainsides are covered in thick forests. He lowers his altitude and makes a sharp turn to better examine the valley, and noting that, quote, the light here seems different. I cannot see the sun anymore, end quote. Where are we at, Luke? I don't believe him. You don't believe him? No. You froze, you, you <laughs> well, fro you froze there I, for a second, so I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, the audio was fine, though. Um, maybe he shouldn't be able to fly anymore. Just saying. Because <laughs> he can't see the sun? Oh, uh, because he doesn't know how instruments work. Uh, well, I don't think anyone like, had flown over the Arctic before. I think this is like a new thing. Was this like the first flight mm. to the Arctic? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't look into that much. Cause, I don't know, but I, I, figure, I feel like we always knew how compasses worked. True. It's a magnet. It is a magnet. And it, it points at one thing. <laughs> this is fair. But I guess, yeah, you are, you are at the highest point of north you can get. What else is it going to do? It's just going to keep pointing at that one thing. Like, no. You go over it and all of a sudden it switches around. Like, yeah, you crossed it. So, so like I said, he, he lowers his altitude. <laughs> Makes a sharp turn to better examine the valley, noting that the light there is different. He can't see the sun anymore. He makes another left turn, so you know, a circle. <laughs> when he uh, <laughs> when he spots an animal moving, Why are my compass is spinning. <laughs> <laughs> when he spots an animal moving in the distance, he drops his altitude to a thousand feet and whips out his trusty binoculars. And what does he see? I want to give you a guess. What does he see when he pulls out his binoculars? What is the animal that he's seeing? The jackalope. It's a fucking woolly mammoth. Ah, yeah, of course. The, <laughs> the ancestor of the jackalope. It tracks. I was, I was close. You were. Just a couple, yeah. you know, but all right. Uh, so he keeps flying and observing his surroundings and his instruments, which are now telling him that it's uh, 74 degrees outside. Now, mind you, he's supposed to be in the North Pole. Now, it's about around 1130, and he's now over what appears to be just a beautiful countryside, just amber waves of grain, uh, and spots what he believes is a city and states that his plane feels light and oddly buoyant, and that the aircraft's controls refused to respond, and it was pretty much flying on its own. Uh, so he felt like it, he should tell ground control that he thinks his plane knows what to do? Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, yeah, He's Major Tom. He's Major Tom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's then that he notices a strange type of aircraft closing in at a very rapid rate. He states they are disc-shaped and have a radiant quality to them. He then goes on to write, quote, They're close enough now to see the markings on them. It is a type of swastika. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. No, Anne Frank, I want to hear everything she has to learn about puberty. <laughs> Now, hold a on, little hold more, on. any more pages to that book? I want it. Like. Hold on. Well, some people, I, I, I know your mind immediately went to Nazis and that the Thule Society, there is a theory that they did enter Hollow Earth and well, took refuge there. Yeah. I don't think that's what he's referencing. Uh, remember at the top, I mentioned the mythological Buddhist city Shambhala. 
Oh, I, what year was this again? 1947. I yep, no, I hold on. So I think that's what he's talking about, considering the swastika was a Buddhist symbol long before the Nazis, yeah. or at least that's what I hope. Considering that Bird was a World War II vet, and this is not long after, so I yeah, consider he's I, just like, oh, my boys. <laughs> I honestly hope he wouldn't be like that stoked to see Nazis. Like, oh shit, thank God an ally is here. <laughs> uh, anyways, continuing on. Now, after noticing the craft, he reports he reports a voice coming through the radio. And he described it as having a slight Nordic or German accent. Achtung. Oh, okay. Oh, no. All right. So maybe. Just means attention. Calm down. No, no, no. I'm just saying if they had a Germanic or Nordic accent, maybe it's not the Buddhist city that we're all thinking it is. Oh, yeah. No, because like I lived in Nepal for a little bit and there were swastikas everywhere. And... But, but they did not have Nordic and or German accents? No. I didn't think so. Um, They're all four and a half feet tall and had the accent you would imagine. <laughs> I think. But uh, so, the, uh, so the voice relayed the message. Um, should I try and do like an alien? Like, I'm not going to try and do a German accent. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. No. Okay. I will. I will end this podcast. Ready? You're, yep. Welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. Relax, Admiral. You are in good hands. Yeah, I loved that was because that? <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were trying to do alien or German as, as combo. It was right in the middle. I love that the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> if I saw an alien with a swastika on his arm, that's I know it's going to sound. That's like exact. That. All right. Now it's then when he realizes that the engines to the plane aren't even on, and that the plane is moving on its own completely now. At this point, the mysterious now controller of Bird's plane starts starts the landing process. Bird describes the descent as though caught in some great unseen elevator and they touch down with no no more than a slight jolt. Now, it's only 11.45, only five hours and 45 minutes from the time it took to take off from when they ended up touching down in this mysterious, possibly Nazi-occupied world. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here is what Admiral Bird writes in the plane's flight log just after touchdown. Quote, I am making a hasty last entry in the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot towards our aircraft. They are tall with blonde hair. (laughs) In the distance is a large shimmering city pulsating with rainbow hues of color. I do not know what is going to happen now, but I see no signs of weapons on those approaching. I hear now a voice ordering me by name to open the cargo door. I comply. End log. And that, Luke, is where we will return next week. Oh, with shit. what happened next with Admiral Bird and his adventures into Hollow Earth because right, there is so much going on. Smash that like button, hit that bell. <laughs> there was so much to cover on this because like after the flight log ends, it goes into him just recounting what happened through memory and it gets fucking wild and I could not fit it into a half hour long episode. So I'm going to break it down into segments. So no, no, I'm, I'm saying through new format, three hours long. This is a knowledge fight. Full- I can't. This isn't Dan Carlin's hardcore history. I can't have. Any- oh, I'm not even thinking hardcore history. I'm thinking like astonishing legends. Each this is still part one. It's just going to be three hours long. We're going to delve and go. Not, like they did nine hours on a hole, a hole in the ground. I don't know how they did it, but it was great. Was it a sinkhole or just just a hole? Oh no! So it was called Mel's Hole. It was. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw that yeah, documentary no. on Pornhub. 
Uh, I found it on uh, Pornhub. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Luke. Well, here's the thing. So we have the rest of Admiral Bird's story that we'll, that we'll, cover, we'll cover next week. But then after that, this is going to be a series because I found out about con- Convex Earth. Which is that? Oh God! Is that, that is that we are not? We are actually like living. We are living inside <laughs> the Hollow Earth. We're on the outside of the rim, baby. On the, we're on the, we're on the inside of the rim thing. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole. It's no, a, no, it, I, I get you. It's it, a you, thing. you sounded like you were com- making like something a very hard to understand argument. No, yeah. I get it. It's not a butt thing. I promise. Yeah, like if I look up, I can see China, which spoiler alert, I can't, and also the sun goes down sometimes. But well, no, so you do you think about it all wrong? Oh, I think I have no idea, but it turns into a whole thing. Hollow Earth goes way way beyond what I thought I could fit into a whole half hour episode. So we're just gonna do that next week. Oh, the level of dum dums just keeps going, my man. It's it's absurd. Can part seven be us on a bunch of turtles? Well, that's what I believe is that we do live on the back of a giant turtle. Obviously, See, that goes against my religion of believing Ouroboros holds the oceans together. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, Luke, you're coming. Snakes and turtles aren't friends. You fucking idiot! <laughs> you're gonna, you're coming back next week. We're gonna finish this off, and we're not. We'll no, because this will happen for probably the next month. <laughs> Because there's gonna be just so much of it, but if you want to go Hollow Earth for the last or Hollow Moon for the last one, I implore you to write an episode of Hollow. I will. T- I will take the reins for that one. We'll we'll hundred percent down. We'll finish it up with Hollow Moon. So everyone, get ready for the next month and a half, basically, of Luke being on the show, <laughs> and then bonus Patreon. Uh, do the Moon Tunnel. The fuck is the Moon Tunnel? Oh, buddy. I'm working it in. Don't worry. I don't know the moose out. Whatever, man. Oh. All right. Well, Luke, thank you so Some much for deep, coming. If you want to talk about weird journals found by weird men, the mm. moon tunnel is where it's at. I bet there are a lot weirder journals from a lot weirder men. There's worse things written by worse people. I fucking know that for sure. But there's probably worse things written by was... better people. But either way. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, make sure Thank everyone you. who is listening uh, sticks around uh, to next week to to hear how this ends. Um, Luke, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug. I don't know. Is that a no, thing? No, no. Fucking follow my Instagram. It's Spring-Heeled Luke. Yeah. Spring-Heeled Luke. It, it, it's mostly my cat. <laughs> yeah, but who doesn't love your cat, though? My cat's great. Cat's it's my pinball. cat and pinball scores. Yeah. So if you're into pinball, follow Luke. Luke, Luke's, Luke works at a uh, pinball bar. I guess you would call it Not that. three years, but no. Well, he did work at a pinball bar. Yeah. And now I just hang out there. Yeah. Now he's a barber bar, barber bar, barber bar. Yeah. That's attached to the pinball bar, bar that I used to work at. <laughs> Look at that. So all next connect- time where we just make a lot sounds for about 45 minutes. Well, that's, that's going to be my new pinball podcast. It's, bar, it's, it's all just gibberish ASMR. <laughs> probably get more followers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right everyone thank you so much for listening uh make sure you follow us on instagram at cryptic cocktail just weird follow- you froze <laughs> you froze too <laughs> our internet's trash all right yeah. uh follow me on instagram at cryptic cocktail follow me on twitter at cryptic cocktail follow me on tiktok at cryptic cocktail party uh 
This week, follow me on Pornhub at Mel's Hole. <laughs> this, this week is the last week to uh, pre-order the Cryptic Cocktail T-shirts. So if you want one, make sure you do it because I'm taking them out of the store as soon as. Go feck and get them because I approve the design. Luke did approve the by design. which I mean. Dave asked me which one I liked best and diamonds, obviously. Yeah, so snag one. Please do. Uh, And with that, Luke, do you want to say goodbye to the the lovely audience? No, I'm good.